0: what's up everybody in podcast world you're listening to the service business mastery podcast i'm your host tersh blissett today's episode is brought to you in part by my easy install if you haven't heard on previous episodes uh, about my easy install you gotta check it out if you're an hvac company uh, and you're slightly curious about uh, technology and how it's going to affect the HVAC industry and people purchasing equipment online go to www.my the letters easyinstall.com/installer-sign-up i'll have a link in the show notes my easy install is the only free customer referral network designed specifically for HVAC contractors my easy install was developed by HVAC industry professionals to give contractors access to the increasing number of consumers purchasing their equipments online and in stores. They provide free pre-qualified new customer leads to their installer members at no cost. Free, no cost, same difference. <laughs> they spent years researching and developing their model to address most if not all objections that we as contractors have towards these types of services and these types of consumers. Uh, Keep your revenue rolling in this fall by applying for your free My Easy Install membership today. Again, that's slash, installer sign up It's super simple. Uh, even if you're kind of unsure about it, just sign up and then just mark your account inactive, and uh, then you can get leads and kind of fill out the the whole program. It's a really Really cool program. Uh, if you have questions about people purchasing equipment online and kind of going into that whole, well, I'm not going to make my money anymore type thing, my margins aren't going to be there anymore. My easy install really kind of does away with that. Uh, they educate the consumer that, you know, they're not going to be paying someone $500 to change out their system. You know, they're still going to they're still going to have to pay you your same margins you should still make the same money with uh less of your cash flow you know running through uh, your business so it's just uh kind of the way of the future in my opinion but i don't know maybe you don't agree with me maybe you do another thing really really cool so uh thanks to nominations by several people i'm sure my wife was like 12 or 15 of the nominations uh mom was probably 100 nominations. I was nominated and selected to be in the 40 Under 40, the ACHR News publication, which is really cool. Um, I'm honored that I was selected to do that. I know a lot of listeners also nominated me whenever it was time to do that. So thank you again for those nominations. I'm going to tell you this before the episode, just so that you know, so that you're prepared throughout the episode. If you find value in this episode, Uh, please take a screenshot of it and share it on Instagram stories and tag me in it. That way your followers, your friends that are on Instagram, they'll see it also. Uh, Facebook stories work the same way. Uh, And then I'll reshare it. And if we're not connected, we'll make sure that we get connected on Instagram and Facebook. So it's really cool. Since I've been asking for that, I've connected with a lot of uh, listeners, new listeners and and old time listeners that uh, have always followed and listened. Just um, we've never actually connected on social media but cool with that being said I really am excited about today's episode where we're gonna talk about virtual assistants and how they can work in your business and how you can fail when you're using them so if you know how to fail then you know how not to fail it's kind of the way that I, I see things on today's episode we're going to talk to Barbara Turley and She's going to explain to us a little bit about the things that we can do to avoid failing whenever it comes to using a virtual assistant. If you have any questions for Barbara, feel free to reach out to her at the forward slash SBM for service business mastery. And uh, you'll have this entire list of all five reasons why, uh, you'll fail with a virtual assistant listed there on that page. So also, if you have any questions, you know, uh, you can reach out to me my email address is tersh at icebound.us and uh, a lot of people use that they'll reach out to me even if they don't have a question just to test my autoresponder uh, we talk a little bit about automating our lives and speeding up things by making things automated and that's one of the things that i've done is, is really helped out limiting the expectation of a client and uh, and vendors and anybody who really email me letting them know that i only check my emails twice a day so They're not sitting there waiting for a response within five seconds. So that's something that I've done that's really helped out things and uh, it's really made it so that I don't have to check my email every time it it chimes on my phone or on my, my desktop. With that being said, I'd like to welcome Barbara to the show. Hey, right, welcome to the show, Barbara.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Tersh. Great to be here. Uh,
0: it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for staying up where you're at. Uh, so I'm in Savannah, Georgia, as most of the listeners know. But you're not like... Uh, so Normally, we're fighting the East Coast, West Coast time transition. But uh, today's episode is a little bit different. And I, I super, I'm appreciative that you are Stay staying up. awake for us.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm in <laughs> Sydney, Australia. So I'm... Right down under, as they that's, say. I'm on the other end of the great. world.
0: But you're not it's originally from Sydney, are you?
1: No. So I've lived here for 17 blissful years because it is an amazing place to live. But I'm originally from Ireland. From just outside Very Dublin cool. in, in Ireland. So I grew up there and came to Australia, to be honest, as a backpacker many years ago and just fell in love with the whole beach lifestyle surfy thing going on here and never left. Yeah. So that's pretty
0: much it. You know, that's (laughs) awesome that whenever here, so I'm not a world traveler, I'm not um, as adventurous as you are, but everything that I hear about Australia is it's amazing as long as you don't get killed by whatever's there, like the world's deadliest spiders, the snakes and everything else. As a backpacker, I imagine that's probably something that you had to worry about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, you see a lot. Yeah, you do. But honestly, in the 17 years I've lived here, I think I've encountered two large spiders, neither of which were deadly. They were just, they were just frightening. Um, And I think I've never seen a snake in the city, although people do in the kind of walks and stuff, but I've never encountered that. And I've been here a long time. So that's good. So yeah, Yeah. it's it's not as dangerous as this. It's not not like, it's not Crocodile Dundee, (laughs) really. There's an area in Australia that's like that, but it's not the whole continent.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Cool. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about virtual assistants and you kind of are the expert with when it comes to virtual assistants. And as most of the listeners are service uh, based businesses, virtual assistants kind of freaks people out. Sometimes we have virtual assistants. Um, We are 100% remote. All of our guys work remote. Um, The entire team is remote. So when it comes to dispatchers and CSRs, we're all we all have virtual assistants when it comes to that aspect of it. But a lot of times I get asked questions that like, how do you do that? Like, how do you monitor these people when they're not even there? Like, how do you look over their shoulders? And, you know, traditionally service companies, everybody's sitting in one office or we're sitting like where we can see each other, line of sight. You can hear if people aren't making outbound phone calls and that type of stuff. So today we're going to talk about, uh, how to manage that and how to get rid of that overwhelming feeling of not being able to manage a virtual assistant
1: yeah it's it's you know what it's such a great it's it's one question that is completely loaded and there's like so much actually <laughs> to unpack in that and honestly it's not just service based businesses that feel this way it's Good. actually a very common feeling um and it's a natural feeling because The working world has changed a lot in the last sort of 10 10 years, really. It's really in the last sort of 10 years, a lot of this stuff has really exploded. And we're all trying to navigate how do we we now do business virtually? That's a big theme. And it's Mm -hmm. not even just about virtual assistants. It's about how do we maintain control without seeing people or without micromanaging people giving flexibility without losing structure, all that sort of stuff uh, plays into this 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 question. And it's something I'm very passionate about, about teaching people how you can do this mm-hmm. and let go while still maintaining control. So I hope that gives you a bit of context of how we can approach it.
0: So tell us a little bit about you, how you got into the virtual assistant um, world of things.
1: Sure. I mean, everyone loves this story because I didn't intend to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I, You would think... I mean, honestly, I have a background in the investment banking world, mm. asset management, sort of sales area. That's that's I spent 15 years in corporate, really. And you would think that I had some crazy business idea. I I'd made a business plan and all of the <laughs> usual stuff you're supposed to do. None of the above happened. This was an accidental business that I totally didn't mean to start, mm-hmm. um, but accidentally found myself in it and having people asking me for this thing. And look, to cut a long story short, I started out, I left corporate after many years of having a great career there, um, but always kind of wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to build my own company. Um, And I started doing some consulting as a lot of corporates do when they first leave uh, Mm -hmm. corporate. And I was just coaching some smaller businesses, uh, very diverse businesses, everything from a legal practice to a financial planning practice to a swim school. There was a tennis center, you know, a naturopath, like all these kinds of, some of them had online presences, some of them didn't. Um, I had an online coach as well that was running online coaching programs. So very diverse sort of client base. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that they all had the same problem. Um, They all realistically, none of them could actually afford to hire staff yet but if they didn't hire staff, they were never going to be able to grow. So a lot of people were going to get stuck in the crevice. Now, some of these businesses were already running for 10 years and they were stuck in that crevice sort of between startup and growth, and they could never really get out of it. So I had read Tim Ferriss' four-hour work week, oh, yeah. like so many people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, let's get a VA. So I had a VA myself that I found online. Um. And I started recruiting VAs to, not for, as a business, just purely to help the people that I was coaching so that we could actually get on and do some strategic work together to free their time up. Uh, and before I knew it, honestly, I just was getting more demand for VAs. Like people were calling me saying, hey, my my friend is a client of yours, but can you get me one of those VAs? <laughs> and I was thinking, well, well, can't you just jump online and get your own one? Like right. the, I didn't really think about a business. Uh, but then the more people that asked me about it, I could hear the fear in their, in their voice. They were sort of saying to me, I, I know I can get one online, but I don't know how I just, I just don't feel confident if you can get me one, that'd be great. Yeah. And I thought, I think there's a business in this. And really, really, that's just kind of how it started. It was very um, demand driven which a lot of the best businesses are.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you kind of fall into it, but uh, you're good at what you did. And so people come to you for advice and then you're like, hey, maybe I can make a few bucks off of this, or maybe it becomes one of those things where it's like, uh, you just can't say no anymore.
1: Yes, I think it was a little bit like that. And, and, And then, you know, through that experience, I, you know, and obviously it wasn't that easy in the beginning, but... Through that experience, I discovered that one of the strengths that I have, and I I don't know whether this is just a natural thing that I'm good at or whether I got it developed in corporate. I think maybe it's a natural bias that I have. I am very good at delegating. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at building systems. I'm really good at doing something once and going, I don't need to do that. I'm going to give that to someone else. But I'm very good at making sure that that other person – not only is trained enough to do it but there's a there's a bulletproof process mm. and I have oversight and reporting back so that there's kind of nowhere to hide yeah if anyone was going to try to hide it's very easy to and that gets to the heart of what we're talking about here which is that maintaining letting go while maintaining control
0: let's go into some of the reasons why It would fail and how we could kind of prevent that from happening because that's our biggest concern as as business owners that are stuck in like the traditional way of doing things is not like you said, not having that oversight and not having checks and balances in place because you assume that if they're working remote, then they're kind of goofing off all day or or whatever the case may be. That's kind of the opinion that, that we kind of have sometimes.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So one of the one of the biggest, you know, that there's there's a lot of reasons people can fail with look, to be honest, there's a lot of people reasons people can fail with teams in general, mm-hmm. even if they're in your office. But let's just focus on virtual assistants who are virtual for a minute. So the, the best thing when it comes to virtual assistants in particular, typically uh, now, this is not all v- virtual assistants because you know the American VAs listening or whatever. Who I class as more like online business manager type levels mm-hmm. will sort of go against what I'm saying here. But usually, <laughs> a, 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 a you know a pure virtual assistant, their job is to execute a process that you have built or your or someone in your business has built. Mm-hmm. Their job is not to develop the process or to think out your strategy or to figure out what's the best way to get more leads on LinkedIn or any of that. Their job is to execute on processes. So the biggest problem is that people hire a VA and they just think, I'll just throw them a quick, I'll just put them in this membership site that has these training videos and I'll just expect (laughs) them to magically come up with my entire SEO strategy and get me traffic, right? So that's a major problem, right? So it's the expectation issue on the way in. So the once you have measured expectations about the fact that your job as a business owner is to build the systems that your and then train your people to run the systems. Mm-hmm. That's actually, you know, the basis of any great business. Um, but with virtual assistants, they do really well when there are developed task lists. So it's very, very clear what tasks they're actually being assigned to do. Mm. And then a process attached to each of those tasks, even if it's just answering the phone, because each business likes their phone to be answered differently. There is actually a process for that. Yeah. Um, and then training, onboarding, uh, um, reporting back is important. And that gives you kind of an oversight piece. So if I was to kind of unpack those, those five areas, the easiest way to get started, because people, when they look at how do I process, map my business, they get really overwhelmed and they're like, I just can't figure out where to start or what to even give a VA to do. Mm. So that, you know, when when you're thinking about the control bit or how, how do I know they're not goofing off, right? if you're vague and you just say, hey, can you just come up with some ideas around social media, right? That's just too vague. And somebody probably is going to goof off, Mm -hmm. even if they're a great employee, because they just actually don't know what to do. They don't actually know how to do what, they don't know what you're actually asking, what the outcome is that you're looking for. So in that case, then, if you're going to hire someone, a virtual assistant, you need two types of task lists to get going. You need a recurring task list, which is the sort of, Recurring daily, weekly, monthly type tasks that are the engine of the business that have to be done. They're kind of non negotiable, no excuses, easy processes, and they keep the business moving forward on a day to day operational kind of level. Mm-hmm. Um, and within your recurring task list, like the easiest way to develop something like that is to simply sit down. And look at the segments, every business, regardless of how big or how small, even if it's just one solopreneur has departments. Mm -hmm. There's like your marketing department. There is your invoicing and finance area there. You know, there's all these little kind of departments and listing down within each of those departments. What are those daily, weekly, monthly kind of recurring things that need to be done in order to keep things moving? And those are the first things that you want to kind of get your lists down. Um, get your get get simple processes uh, developed for them just step by step here's how to do it yeah you can record a video of yourself doing it that's probably the most granular way to do it
0: that's what that's Um, what i do or if i'm going through it yeah so the other day i had a an issue where i had to it's not something that we normally do where we had to send out paperwork for financing. And normally it's all electronic. It's all automated through our our CRM. And so it took me like 10 or 15 minutes to remember and figure out the process. And so immediately I just recorded myself doing it and then just saved it on YouTube as an unlisted video. So the next time that that happens, you know, six or eight months from now, it's a a five minute video or three minute video versus me wasting 20 or 30 minutes to try and figure out the process again.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And then you can, you can maybe delegate that to a VA. So yeah. it's, it's first of all getting into this. Um, so, so let's say you delegate this recurring task list or parts of it, because not VA is not, not going to be able to do all of it because yeah. some of it might rely on your IP or whatever, but the more, more basic stuff. Mm. You can delegate that out first. Now, as long as if you hire someone full time, let's say you've got a full time VA, it's 40 hours a week. The other trick with this is to sometimes people say oh because you're virtual i mean i don't mind when you do the work as long as you just get it done yeah i would strongly advise that that is probably the first thing i would not do <laughs> uh, it's not that you have to say you have to show up at 9 and leave at 5 but you want you want to have uh, if you want to offer flexibility offer it within some form of a structure Because as human nature, you know, human beings were were prone to procrastination and leaving Mm -hmm. things to the last minute. So, you know, don't set your people up to fail from day one. Just try and put some structure around it. Then have a task list that realistically is enough work to do in 40 hours. And then, you know, on that recurring task list, you have to have um, use a project management tool. If you're working virtually, you can't be using email as your communication tool or your project management tool.
0: So what, so you what want to be using, kind of project man- yeah. management tool do you recommend? Is it like something like Slack or something? Is that like I, well, we're a big or? fan of,
1: yeah, we're, we're a big fan of, we're a big Asana user. So asana.com Asana. it's free. Okay. It's amazing. Like we, I'm only on the paid version about one year now and it's only cause my team is too big, but, um, asana is an amazing tool it literally will change your life it has like an app on the phone and it's awesome. just it's just great right easy to use slack is another great one but i slack look has gotten there mm-hmm. but they sort of started out as a chat tool yeah, i think yeah. and they've kind of developed into a project management tool mm-hmm. so i'm still on asana but there's trello there's teamwork pm there's a few of them okay. the main thing is to use a project management tool mm-hmm. so that each task within the tool communication flow and the instructions and the updates the reporting back from the va is within the task structure so that it keeps things organized yeah so you can just quickly jump in and be like well there's no commentary or anything Uh on this task so what's going on here you know
0: yeah that's the problem that i had even with slack and because like you said it started out as a a chat uh using it back when it first was developed um, you would have conversations and then you'd have to scroll back through or or do a quick search to try and find where you were talking about X, Y, and Z. And you know, it could very easily. Yeah, what well, the actual over. instruction was, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's a disaster. Yeah. So
1: I, I'm not sold on Slack for that reason, yeah. but I can see it as a communication tool on the side to use alongside something like an Asana so that you keep Asana clean mm. with just pure mm. instructions around what to do like as it. opposed to chatting you know chatting kind of complicates the whole thing Absolutely. so these these little things are really important to get right and they they sound like kind of some people would be like oh I don't really want to use that trust me if you don't do this this is when you'll start to lose control okay and then you start to feel all those feelings around I don't know what they're doing like the biggest question we get is how do I know what my VA is doing all day hmm. like but if you set it up this way I mean, you should know what they're doing all day because you've delegated it. I like and it. And, you, sh- you know, like, so that's, it's, it's sort of not losing, like, don't give up your power by just going, hey, can you just kind of find stuff to do? <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it happens all the time, right? So, um, so that is really, really important. Um, the other task list that I talked about, recurring task list, I think is the most key one for VAs, but there's also like, you're going to have projects on, you might want to produce an ebook you might have a lead magnet you're doing you might have i don't know some you know whatever your project list is and there are tasks within projects so for example develop an ebook is not a task that's a project mm-hmm. to which there are a lot of tasks attached so it's being realistic about what is a project versus what it, what is a task as well and then just delegating those things out effectively um I mean, all of this is about being a leader, right? Right. You've got got to lead. You are the conductor of the orchestra, and the orchestra are looking to you to delegate, you know, to to let them know when their moment is or what to do. And that's really getting to the, like, that's the key one to sort of get rid of that angst around knowing what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I like it. So, yeah. So, um, next off, we kind of, I like that. I like the whole, um, you know, the, creating those task lists because I've been guilty of that myself and I've, I've kind of said exactly like you've said uh, not to say, you know, kind of just do what you got to do to stay busy until the next phone rings or something like that. And then when nothing yet happens then you're like, well, what'd you do all day? Nothing. Yeah. That's, no that's, that's
1: a common thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: so i guess let's move on into the second the second little reason why people fail most of the time with the va
1: sure so just just following on from that sort of task lists and process mapping um and i'm sort of just diving into each little piece here so when often then what you find is someone says but i did all that and it still didn't work Mm. And I go, okay, so let's assume for a second that you have a good person, right? Because HR and recruitment is hard on its own, mm-hmm. but that's a whole other thing, right? So let's say you've recruited well, you've got a genuinely good person, you know, who has the right skills, is trainable, all of these things, and he is, 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 is wants to do the job, but he's making mistakes. Um, if he, first thing is to look at your processes and you might have, because you've done this, you might know what I'm talking about, but sometimes... We develop a process that looks really good to us, but we forget that if, if a mistake keeps happening within a certain step or between steps, it's important to look at, is there some IP or
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I'm doing the process, is there a thinking process going on as well that, that is in my head that leads me to do it in a certain way? And it's important to try and identify. If that bit is missing for your VA and whether you can teach your VA to think like you do as you do the process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so, like that whenever yeah. We, we answer the phone, I specifically want someone to say good morning or good afternoon before they say thank you for calling Icebound you know, and then introduce themselves. And yeah. that's because it traditionally, you have that three to five seconds that you're, somebody's picking up their phone and putting it to their ear or it's connecting. And so that's like, that's perfect. Like, I don't even think of like, I, I had that problem. Exactly. Like you said, it's something that I just did second nature. And then I realized that I didn't express to them like I should, like, this is the reason why you need to say good morning or good afternoon, because it, you're, waiting for that delay so they may miss your the name of the company and then after the fact you're repeating yourself because they say who is this again who am I calling and and so
1: what I what I yeah what I absolutely love about that little story you've just told is there's a a tiny, simple little process, but it's still a process. And there's a task of answering the phone. There was a process attached to it. But because you didn't explain the why behind the process, the person thought, well, what does it matter? I'm, I forget for whatever. I forgot to say good morning. Big <laughs> exactly. deal. You know, in their head, they might be thinking, oh my God, he's on about the good morning thing right. again. <laughs> but actually, when you explain it, they're like, oh, I see what you mean. Yes, that does happen. So, you know, just the, and, and that. That was that you decided. To, well, let's rather than shoot the person, let's look at the process first and let's see where the. So that's a really important point. And a lot of people don't do that and they're not willing to do that. Or they'll say, I don't have time for this. Mm. And I go, Yeah, that's, I understand that because we're all overwhelmed and busy. I totally get it. It's painful. But if you don't do it, and you fire, keep firing people, or keep churning through people, yeah. and not looking at yourself and your process as well. In a year's time, you'll still be you'll be even more frustrated than you are today.
0: Yeah, hiring and you'll have gotten no results. Hiring people is yeah. so expensive and such a drain on you. Like just fix the issues you have within your your business.
1: Yeah, yeah and I mean, of course, that like, like as I said caveat, let's assume you've hired well <laughs> yeah. in the first place. Yep. You know, but most people are most people are good people, they want to do a good job. Yep. So 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 that's really important. And then the next piece again mm-hmm. from that, so again people will say, I did all that, I'm still struggling. And this was something I learned the hard way myself. I couldn't figure out why certain things were still falling over. I I wasn't really getting quite the results I wanted to from certain task lists, or they were just ticking tasks off and not really, there was no results from what we were doing. Um, Again, I was expectation problem there and who's, who's supposed to lead what the results are, you know? So the oversight piece, again, lots of entrepreneurs in particular do not want to do this bit because they see it as uh, taking up their time, but you do have to have a level of oversight. And the best strategy I put in place was the daily huddle concept. Now, for those that don't know, that's just a, it's sort of from scrum technique that a lot of um, big project management and particularly developers and coders and stuff were using this scrum technique. But the basic concept of a huddle meeting is a very short, very targeted meeting that just asks three questions. What are you working on? What are you planning to work on next and where are you stuck? And the, the where are you stuck thing um, unearths all the issues. And it can be a communication gap, understanding gap, whatever. It can be like, hey, I'm waiting for you to actually come back to me on where's the content piece. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like something like a, as business owners, often we're the roadblock.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And we don't
1: actually know. Yeah. Um, and it also means that your team have to arrive to that meeting prepared. Now, it was a traditional stand-up meeting mm-hmm. that was in a an office. Loads of people today are doing them online. Yeah. Like some people I've heard have a Slack channel called Stand-Up where everyone has to comment every morning, here's the three things. We do them, I do them every day with my team. Mm-hmm. We've got a massive pipeline huddle that happens every single day, and it's virtual.
0: We're all over the world. So do you do, So I, I, that's a perfect segue into the like the, uh, when you're doing it virtually, are you finding that people are doing it via zoom or are they actually doing like chat, like on Slack, like you said? Um, because I, I feel like, uh,
1: I do it. I do it virtually. Uh, sorry. On zoom. On zoom. Because okay. Slack for me, yeah, the chat thing, it's too easy just to keep punching in just to say something. Yeah. That's
0: what I, exactly what I was thinking. It, like as soon as you see each other face to face, even through, even through uh webcam, you're, it's almost like more of a sense of accountability I feel like.
1: Yeah. And you know what I think as well, it also gives your team a chance to, um they can finally have some of your time. Yeah. Now the trick with this thing though, is that you as the owner and the leader of the business, it has to be non-negotiable for you. Yeah. So you can't keep canceling it. You've got to show up, right? Because the minute you start canceling it, someone will message you going, um, you know, Hey Barb today, look, I have this other meeting. Can I miss the huddle today? And you're going to get that right. So you sort of have to make this a bit of a non-negotiable that it's, we have a huddle. There's 10 people on this huddle and it's 30 minutes flat. It's fast.
0: Are you allowing each person to talk throughout that 30 minutes? And like you're saying, okay, each person has five minutes to talk.
1: Yeah. I would even cut it to like three, three Uh, minutes, (laughs) you know, and then you take stuff offline. So let's say somebody's really stuck. Uh You'll be like, let's take that offline. We need to, so, or you can have a quick answer. So it just focuses the whole thing. And that's where you get your oversight piece and you keep things moving.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask you, you are doing it as a large group. You're not doing this individually with each person.
1: No, you wouldn't have time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You'd go nuts. And also yeah. I was
0: kind of thinking that, um, or I've found it for me personally, uh, in certain situations, whenever I do something similar to this, I don't call it my daily huddle, but um, they whenever one person has a problem, somebody else can chime in and say, oh, well, this is how I solved that problem. And it's not me answering every question.
1: Definitely. You want to encourage everyone to have a voice at the table. And initially, initially, they won't, people won't say anything, but you've got to encourage that. And particularly with virtual assistants, particularly if you're dealing in the Philippines and places like that, you're, you're facing a cultural barrier there where they don't want to speak up. They don't You know, they're a yes culture. You're facing all those cultural barriers, but you as the leader again have to work with that person and encourage them to know that they have a voice in your, that you want to hear their voice. Their opinion matters to you. And when you do that, it takes a bit of time, but you will get people to come out of their shell.
0: Do you find that a particular time of day is better than others? Because so if we're on the East coast of of the U S and we have a lot of VAs that are in the Philippines, it's not first thing in the morning for them. Um, so
1: well it is if you're with us because we run 24 hours gotcha. <laughs> so we have we won't, i don't do look uh, the, we have like i think it's one client has a va outside of their time zone okay doesn't mean you can't do it i actually recently just did a podcast called how to work with a va successfully who's not in your time zone okay but but yeah for clients look typically we like to say to u.s clients
0: mm-hmm.
1: they'll work your business hours okay
0: So, with that being said, is it better for the morning or afternoons to have those hub meetings?
1: Uh, Look, I'm not for for me. That's not something that matters. I think it depends on the rhythm within the business. Like, so for example, um, in our business, I'll just give you Mm -hmm. a a clue. Like for me, it happens at two o'clock in the afternoon. It's midday in the Philippines. The reason for that is because we run. We've got some people that only start at midday because they're running into the night shifts and stuff. So we kind of had to structure at that time uh, to make it work. So, yeah.
0: I like it. Yeah, because I know some people are like hardcore. You have to be up at 4.30 in the morning to start your day type people. And then other people are like, "Uh, no, I'll work until 2 in the morning, but I'm not going to get up before 9 o'clock, you know. and
1: Yeah, so then you've got to work out. You've got to work out. Like if you decide that everybody's got to be there. Uh Uh-huh. Well, if you're a truly global team like that, where you've got lots of different time zones, you may need to run two. Okay. You may need to go the Slack route. You may need to have like a, maybe everyone has to do a quick Loom video, but then you got to watch them all. Right. right? So it's you know, it, it, look, it's it's not easy, but I I think most people are not running truly global yeah, across time zones, that's like true. multiple time zones. That's a good you point.
0: Know, so, yeah. Cool. We kind of beat that dead beat that dead horse, it's, <laughs> yeah it's really an interesting topic, and it's something that uh, most people who have never experienced a VA they don't really think about it, and then after the fact, they're kind of like. Oh, I wish this question was answered, you know, and, uh, so that's, you know, and honestly, that's the whole goal yeah. of this podcast is to answer those and ask questions. So,
1: and, and, and look, I, look, I will openly admit that like all entrepreneurs, I myself am a control freak, <laughs> yeah. but yet I run a completely virtual business where nobody is in the same country as me. Yeah. I've got people in, in, in Europe as well and sales guys and stuff like that. And we run 24 hours. So we have people working at night and all this sort of thing. But strong processes that are clearly defined and everybody's role is very clear on how they report back on their role, the results that they're getting, and then the coming together as a team to keep working as a team, to keep the whole thing as one team, one dream. You do those things, you'll get rid of the problem of feeling like you have no control cuz I feel like I've got the ultimate control but I don't actually do any of it.
0: Absolutely. I love I yeah, I love that. And that's that that's so perfect with with exactly how we run our business and so many people ask us how we're able to work a service business remotely and what you've described is the exact reason why we're able to do that. So many times I f- I can't put into words the reasons why things work it's just stuff that i've listened to on podcasts and books and everything else over the years and you've you've explained it and your guide explains exactly how we're able to do that and so with that being said i i want to cut us off i want people to come visit you to get the rest of the reasons um yes the there are five of them here and they're on they're on your website um for a download uh and they're super interesting if somebody wants to reach out to you, um, what's the best way to get in touch with you, get connected with you and start working with the virtual hub?
1: Sure. So look, the first step is uh, you can go to the virtual forward slash SBM for service business mastery SBM. And that's where you can download. You don't even need to sign up. You can just it's not even a lead magnet. We're just giving it away. The five reasons people fail with VAs, right? So you're going to get that kind of, and you know, I only delved into kind of one or two of them there. There's there's five in total. Um, then you can on there you can also there's a free um, e- video. Uh, it's not a video course or an, an e-course which delves a bit more into that scalable using VAs to scale your business. Mm. Um, and finally, you can book a call with one of our strategy consultants. There, it is free. I don't call it a sales call because it's more helping people to understand, are they ready for this yet? Because like I said, if you haven't done all this stuff, then maybe there's a bit of work to do before you get VAs because you don't want to just throw a body at the problem kind of thing. Um, and then look, I hang out on LinkedIn a little bit. I will confess that I'm about to have my second baby soon. So I'm not easy to Congratulations. contact. Congratulations! <laughs> I'm also growing, growing children at the same time as I'm growing a business. Yeah. So there you go. I've got the ultimate, uh, the ultimate delegator. That's what I call myself. Um, but on LinkedIn, you can find me personally on LinkedIn. If you just look up Barbara Shirley over there.
0: Perfect. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for staying up and, and sharing your knowledge with us.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Great. So we'll talk again soon. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. As most of you know, my goal with this podcast is to answer unasked questions. There's a lot of times whenever we start a small business that, uh, we didn't know to even ask that question when it, when it was time to start the business. And so hopefully this episode and, and all episodes that you listen to with the Service Business Mastery help answer one or two of those questions for you. If at any time you have any other questions or would you if you have a topic that you'd like to hear about, feel free to reach out to me, tersh at icebound.us. That's my personal email address. And we'll see if we can get someone on the show who's an expert in that field. As most of you know, I'm not an expert in any of these things. I just, uh, I like to ask the questions and share that information with you. So let me know if you have an expert in mind and I'll reach out to them and, and see if I can't get them on the show. As I said at the beginning of the episode, if you found value in this, please share it with your friends. Please share, uh, take a screenshot of it if you're listening to it on your phone and, uh, and share it in your Instagram stories. If you hated it, share it in your Instagram stories, <laughs> just tag me uh, on Instagram. We actually uh, I haven't been super active with the Service Business Mastery uh, Instagram page, but I've started getting a little bit more active with it. Um, I do a lot with my personal page and also with Icebounds page. We, we try and stay pretty active with both of those pages, uh, but we're doing a lot more. Um, Julie and I are doing coaching together as far as uh, health and wellness coaching And so I do a little bit more of that with my personal page. So I wanted to make sure that I don't exclude any of the followers of the podcast. And uh, so that's why I want to ramp up the uh, Service Business Mastery page again so that there's relevant content there and uh, you're not listening to us talk about health, health coaching and healthy mindsets and that type of thing, which is good if you like that kind of stuff. So, but anyways... Hope you have a great day. Uh, Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or concerns or just want to test out the autoresponder. With that being said, uh, we'll talk again next week on the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians considering becoming business owners themselves. Have a great week.